Welcome, language learners. I'm your host, Alexandria, of the Insecurities About Language podcast, where I will explore all types of language journeys from individuals, teachers, families teaching children, and really anyone who wants to have a conversation about language, what it means to them, and how it relates to their life. Also, I will tackle the death of languages within families. Now let's begin. All right, welcome back language learners to another episode of Insecurities About Language. I'm going to talk more about learning the European language, more information about the program that I'm in, and just a few other questions that I've asked my guests that I just kind of want to answer for myself. So this is all about European Portuguese. So why this specific language? Um, I'm sh- I think I kind of already mentioned it in a past episode, But just to kind of reiterate, so I am learning this language because I did travel to Portugal. (laughs) Because I did travel to Portugal. I said Portugal. There's no C in Portugal. So the beginning of my journey outside of the army started in late 2018. Uh, That's when I uh, left the army. And I kind of began again with European Portuguese. Um, I want to say mid-2019. And I think I kind of already spoke about this in the previous episodes. And it just really consisted of listening to podcasts and watching a bunch of YouTube videos. As I mentioned, I did sign up for the Portuguese lab program. And I did that for a couple of months and realized that, eh, I wasn't really dedicated to learning the language at that time. So I don't want to spend no more money on something I'm not going to be using. And so I unsubscribed to that program. And then also it just wasn't my type of learning method. And so that's when I came across Talk the Streets YouTube channel and then her program that's called the Portuguese Pro. That is the program that I'm currently in. And I really enjoy that program. It is a learn at your own pace, but I like the material that is within the program. And she just gives so many resources as well. So with this program that I'm in, we have weekly Zoom meetings, Zoom meetings that answers all of the questions that we submit prior to the meeting. And then we can also ask questions in between. At the end of it, she'll provide a challenge that deals with listening, speaking, writing, and reading. And it's great because you kind of challenge yourself just a little bit more, even within the program. There's a very interactive Facebook group that is a part of the program. And there's two teachers that's always responding to all of our comments, questions, and just always providing feedback. And as I stated, I did um, start this program in late May. And so the program, at least when I joined it, initially had six modules, but it's been updated to three phases, which has two modules within each phase. And so the first phase, which is very cool, The first module is actually probably one of my favorites just because I do actually like the pronunciations and actually learning about the different pronunciations the Portuguese language has. And I think it is very important and very key to kind of progressing in a language. Um, At least for me, it's all well and good learning the ABCs and how each letter alone sounds. I think it's a bit more important to understand the specific sounds within the language. Right. So what I mean by that, so with Portuguese, with European Portuguese, they have nasal sounds. We don't have that in American English. And if we do, please, somebody 
you know, point that out to me, but I doubt we do. So they have nasal sounds, they have vowel sounds, they have vowel pairings, there's the easy consonants, there's the hard consonants sounds, and then there are open and closed vowels as well. And so understanding how those sound and what it looks like in the actual word is very key to kind of moving forward with your pronunciation, with speaking as well. And then you have to also understand stress and intonation. If there's no accent on top of a letter, which are almost always a vowel, right? If there's no accent, then you don't know where the stress is at. And so part of the pronunciation is understanding stress and intonation. And then also in this first phase, we are learning about the basics, about verb conjugations for regular and irregular verbs, which is super hard. The beginning of grammatical rules, and then starting to learn basic and useful conversational skills that deal with all of these topics I've just mentioned, and that's all in the first phase. And the second phase, which is where I'm at, is a bit more of an in-depth lesson on verbs and some of the importance of these meanings of these verbs. For example, the verb to be is ser and estar, and understanding the differences and when to use it, learning how to speak politely, learning the, the future tense, and the conversational skills related to these topics that I've mentioned. And so currently I'm on the fourth module in the second phase, and it's all about prepositions so far. And that's hard because I guess that's not something, you know, I don't think about these things when I'm thinking about English. As I've mentioned, it's, it's literally like retraining your brain to learn something new. It's very hard, but it, it is a, I think it opens your mind to understand your language just a little bit more. Maybe if you agree with me, let me know. <laughs> and there are many more topics within this module and the, the third phase, but that's just where I'm currently at right now. And you know, with language learning, it's all about muscle memory. You can't retain the knowledge if you're not training that muscle, right? I just made that up, but I think it still holds truth. Uh, so what's the hardest part about learning a language? I think just right now, as I am recording this episode specifically, I am in the process of moving, editing, and learning how to edit this podcast because I have zero skills and I'm learning it as I go. And then just the whole moving pieces with literally moving, packing, finding a new school for my son. My Portuguese learning has kind of taken a slight back seat just because this right now is very important to move and to get this podcast up and running. So then I have space on my plate to add a language back to it. And so that's been the hardest part right now with learning this language is finding time and then also just being consistent. But I have been passively learning the language through the YouTube videos I watch on a weekly basis, the music that is always on rotation, <laughs> and then also listening to the podcast, the European Portuguese podcast that is on my playlist as well. And I mentioned one of them in the last episode and that one's called Learning Portuguese is Fun. And I do have a couple of other podcasts I do listen to on and off. I'll put that in the show notes so that you can see and you can click on it. And if that's something you want to learn and listen to, then you'll have it at your disposal. 
So what keeps me motivated to continue the learning process? One, I I just, I really want to learn a language and I would love to be fluid in some capacity in the language. But also, I, as all these different things are just happening since December, I feel like European Portuguese is kind of centered in my life. One, because this podcast is based off of me learning a language. So if I wasn't learning a language, this thing would not exist. But also, it's the job that I recently got that will hopefully put me overseas because that is the goal is to live overseas sooner or later. But with the job, you do have to know another language and you have to be fluent in that. So once I am fluent in this language and I find out all the criteria, all the criteria and all of the criteria and all of the criteria and the what are the requirements to move overseas with this job that I want. Once I find all that out and, you know, I check that off the list, then I'll be overseas soon enough. And it will be because I know another language, which is European Portuguese. And then also I want to teach my son as well. And I have a very cool idea that I will hopefully be bringing forward. And I've been getting confirmation from a few of my guests stating that, yeah, you should do this. So that might be something very cool to look forward to. And I will mention more about it depending on how that goes. But yes, I want my son to be bilingual and learning another language. So I think it helps if I am learning a language so I can teach him as well. And so has learning a new language helped me with my native language? I don't know if I can truly answer that with respect to me and my native language. I might have noticed differences with just language learning in general. I actually thought about this question because of my son. Just because he's four years old and he's learning English and he's learning how to pronounce all these all these words all these different sounds with the letters and then hearing him speak and put sentences together and then you know making slight corrections to what he's saying because it might not be in the correct tense or he's saying it using a different pronoun or whatever the case may be he is in a learning language process as I am as well so actually thought about this question because of him and then also he's passively learning Portuguese through me as well because when I'm learning how to pronounce certain words or I'm doing my pronunciation drills when I first started learning the language you know he's not even paying attention to me and then all of a sudden I'll, I'll hear him say one of the words I just I was just pronouncing I was just learning and so I thought that was very um I thought that was very cool And so that has definitely helped me understand what he's going through with learning a new language. And so one of my questions to to y'all, or really two of my questions, and I will be, you know, posting this so you can actually answer or provide a, a voice message through Anchor. So the question is, have you ever thought about how you learned your first language in comparison to your second or even your third language? Or if you have children, have you thought about how they are learning their first language in relation to your second language? I think those are very good questions. And I think it kind of continues the conversation, especially with regards to children and how they are learning their native language and or if they're learning multiple languages at once. And so the last question that I have 
my favorite word, saying, phrase in the European Portuguese language. And yes, I will be saying it in European Portuguese. So if you notice, you probably hear me say cool a lot. I don't know. Maybe I do. Or how cool. Or if I'm saying I'm cool, that means we're actually talking to each other. So that is actually my favorite word, cool. So to say cool, you can either say fish or giro. And I like the word giro because it just kind of like rolls off the tongue. So to say how cool, it would be que giro. And to say I'm cool would be esto fish. Or you can just say esto fish. At the moment, those are my favorite words to say. And I like kind of, which is funny, I like those, the kind of hard words and that has a nasal sound to them. And it'll have like this squiggly sign on top of like an O or an A. I think that the squiggly line on top is called a tilde. But yeah, so I kind of like those ounce sound or that oinch sound. Uh, I don't know what that sounds like in Brazilian Portuguese, but I'm pretty sure it sounds slightly different. So yeah, that's the end of this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Insecurities About Language podcast. Please make sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow the podcast on Instagram at Insecurities About Language and say hi.